Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers, and welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name is Andrew Bascom, and for 125 episodes, we've helped you lose money on everything. It's a sports gambling podcast where we lose as many bets as possible in about 20-ish minutes. On this episode, we'll be discussing our favorite ways to lose money on three different topics. And of course, a recap and record check at the end of the show to keep ourselves honest. Three bets this week. Our favorite bets for some futures coming up. Lots of future bets. We're going to throw out some future bets on a ton of different sports. There's a UFC fight night, so yes, we're going to lose money on it. And we're bringing back the movie Over Under this week with Thor. Ready to do this? Let's lose some money. On to bet number one. Losing money on future bets. Okay, so this topic has been kicking around for a while. On our social feeds, on Twitter, on Instagram, at LosingMoneyWAB, we make free daily picks. And usually those picks are about events that are happening in the moment. We're talking about a golf tournament that's going to start tomorrow. Or the baseball game's happening today. Or, you know, things like that. You understand. But really, it doesn't give me the opportunity to talk about a bunch of future bets that we casually will drop on a Tuesday and you're kind of looking at things and going, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Let's drop a little bit of pizza money on this and on that. So I wanted to give a little recap of all the bets. No, no, not, not, not now. Thank you. On all the bets that we are going to be putting out there for future bets to lose money on in the future. Does that make sense? All right, here we go. Like an example of that is that we had Novak Djokovic to win Wimbledon, right? It was at minus 120 before the tournament even started. And usually I hate that number. Minus 120 for a tournament with all these people in it, but he's so good. You know, at tennis, maybe not as a person. I don't, I don't really, I can't really vouch for that anymore. But at minus 120, we felt really good about him winning the tournament. And you know what? He is in the semifinals right now. With Nadal out, he's a minus 300 favorite to win the whole thing and a minus 1700 favorite in his semifinal match against Nori. So everyone assuming he's just going to walk to the finals. Plus, you know, who he's facing in the finals isn't even that tough. You know, Nadal's out. That would have been a much tougher match. So we're feeling really good about that one. We didn't know where to put the Djokovic bet, uh, but we got him. So, like, too bad. <laughs> too bad, suckers. You can take the minus 300 right now, but you don't have a minus 120 like I do. And I want to correct that. I want to correct that by getting you on the same speed as what I'm doing right now. And there's a ton of sports out there that we're going to be betting on. Here's the first one. The Chicago White Sox to win the Central Division at plus 150. This is a bet we had really early on. This is a bet we had before the season. And all of a sudden, the Minnesota Twins look really good. Then the Cleveland Guardians look really good. I, I, Chicago has absolutely played poorly. Let's, not, let's be very clear about this. They have not played well. But they are still, by far and away, the most talented team in that division. And I think the other two will fall apart because they just don't have great pitching. Chicago will win. And at plus 150, this might be the last time you can get them at such a high a number. We're going to throw a little bit of the Chicago White Sox to win the Central Division at plus 150. Now... For the World Series, I don't know. I don't have a strong lean on this one. I hate taking favorites, you know, the Djokovic stuff aside. I hate doing this thing of like the Yankees right now and the Dodgers are both plus 400 to win the World Series. I'm absolutely not going to be doing that. And neither should you. Actually, you can do whatever you want. I'm not, you know, I'm not your mom. But I wouldn't if I were you. Because things change and that number will change and somebody will get injured and, you know, they'll pop back to plus 600 and you'll feel really bad that you have the plus 400 instead. Instead, I like the, the, you know, the longer odds bets right now. And the two that I would be throwing some money at are the Milwaukee Brewers at plus 1,800 and the Atlanta Braves at plus 1,200 to go back-to-back. Now, the reason why? Pitching. That is the reason to bet anything right now. And the bet I don't like the Yankees for is because let's see if the pitching holds up. I don't believe it will. Milwaukee's real strength is their bullpen. Incredible bullpen play and some really good starters. Atlanta, almost the identical same reason they won the World Series. 
strong bullpen, good pitchers. That is the stuff that carries you through the dog days of summer and into the playoffs. So those would be the sprinkles that we're throwing at for baseball right there. But with baseball, I'm not done. I think, <laughs> I think the most interesting one is the AL MVP. So things are heating up in the American League, most valuable player race, because we're heading towards the All-Star break, and Shohei Otani continues to state his case. And that is like being the most subtle way I could describe what he is doing. The Angels pitcher and hitter extraordinaire recorded 10 strikeouts, two RBIs, and a stolen base in his team's win on the Marlins against Tuesday. Now, why would I bring up a random Tuesday game against the Marlins? Because according to ESPN Stats and Info, that feat has not been accomplished in over 100 years. In 100 years. And now, there's a lot of reasons why that. A lot of position players didn't pitch for about 80 years, you know, back in the day. But now he does, and he's just incredible. Yes, he won last year, but he's moved to plus 225 for the MVP market right now. And he's only listed behind Aaron Judge at minus 130. Two weeks ago, Otani was closer to plus 350. His numbers are moving tighter. So if you like him, you better be getting on it soon. On the mound, Otani is pushing a record to 8-4 with a 2.44 ERA, 111 strikeouts. And at the plate, he has 18 home runs and an 8.39 OPS. This just, how is no one talking about this? This is like we discovered angels are real or something like that. And we're like, yeah, well, what are you going to do? Ah, angels. It's like, it's like an NFL player that playing both ways, and he was an all-star in both of them. And we're like, eh, well, isn't that something? He is not an oddity. This is legitimately one of the most impressive sports feats ever. And we're just, because he plays in Anaheim, because he doesn't play for the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers, we're kind of like, eh, well, what are you going to do? I just, I, it blows my mind. This might be the sign that baseball is just dead because we have the most remarkable performance ever and people are just shrugging their shoulders. So speaking of the Yankees, Judge remains the favorite though because of course he is because no one talks about the Yankees. Oh God, the Yankee slugger is tearing up the league with 30 home runs and a .993 OPS. He's hitting the hell out of the ball. So like, whatever, as much as I hate the Yankees, he's playing really well. He's in firm control of the market and for a considerable portion of the season now, he has been by far and away the favorite for the MVP. However, Otani has stayed close behind. He's the 2021 MVP, like I said, and he's looking to become the first player to win back-to-back MVPs since, I'm going to give you a second for trivia, since Miguel Cabrera accomplished a task in 2012-2013. However, Otani has stayed close behind. It wouldn't be an AL MVP race without Mike Trout, like the also playing for at Anaheim. He's the greatest player of our generation, and we're like, he could walk down the street in Manhattan and no one would be able to stop him. Not a good sign for baseball. He's a perennial contender, and he's listed at plus 1,200. Jordan Alvarez for the Astros is between Trout and the top contenders at plus 650. And Cleveland Guardians third baseman Jose Ramirez trails behind at plus 2,500. Now, obviously, we hate favorites around here. Djokovic, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to take Judge or Otani because of that rule. Like, I don't want to take the favorites. One of them could get hurt. Why would I do that? But I'm actually been taking a longer bet at Jose Ramirez at plus 2,500. This covers my futures bet with the White Sox because if the Guardians keep playing well, so will Jose Ramirez. And he's actually undervalued at plus 2,500 because his war is only second in the whole league. So I really like the Ramirez bet at plus 2,500, but good God, Otani, we need to be talking about this more. Next up, Kevin Durant. Yes, everyone's talking about Kevin Durant. And why wouldn't they? He's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Like we do this thing where we're tired all the time about it. But yet again, he is going to be traded and moved to another team. So how do we bet on all of this? Okay, the reason you bet on this, and I d- you could find these kind of prop bets of like, which team is he going to go to? The Phoenix Suns, minus 120. I don't know. I don't find that one as much interesting because all of the odds are pretty tight and they swing wildly when someone with information kind of breaks through. And so you really got to be kind of on your phone the whole time and like really on it. I don't find that one's much interesting. I'd rather take the longer odds and be betting on championships because let's be realistic. Kevin Durant comes to your team. You think you can win a championship. And to be honest, your team got a lot better all of a sudden. 
So I'd rather bet the teams that think they're going to get Kevin Durant and betting on a championship odds because of it. Okay. So the title odds moved substantially on Phoenix after the trade demand came out, moving all the way to plus 600 where it settled. It was 950 before it opened at multiple books. Those odds have also moved on Miami as well. So Phoenix is unquestionably the best value right now for the simple fact that if Durant goes there for a deal that doesn't involve Booker, which I don't believe it will, they'll immediately move into title favorite somewhere in the south of like plus 500 for the current favorite, Boston, following the Malcolm Brogdon trade. The key is that Phoenix was already a contender. They made the finals in 2021. They had the best record in 2022. And the reported COVID outbreak explains their meltdown in the second round against Dallas. Even if and when they lose DeAndre Aiden, a very good player, number one pick just a couple of years ago, their odds will move by the end of the regular season. So you have a favorite to land KD by consensus on a team that is close to title contention anyway, who would instantly become the favorite to win the title. Let's put the Suns odds at like plus 350, which is what the 2008-2009 Lakers were after losing the finals. That's a difference of 14.8% implied right now between the plus 600 and the 23% at plus 350. I'm so sorry. I know that's a lot of math. You just got to trust me on this one. Odds are getting better because they would get Kevin Durant. That makes sense, right? Of course, the question is whether you should bet on wherever Durant lands to win the title at all. Durant is 33. He suffered an Achilles tear three years ago. His recovery and performance since then has been incredible, right? But he still missed significant time in 2022. If he joins the Suns, you have Chris Paul turning 38 as a key component. If he joins Miami, you have Jimmy Butler, who has a ton of miles on him and only knows like maximum effort. Durant also has two titles, both in Golden State and one of the most stacked teams ever. His OKC teams, they came up short and his Brooklyn teams were an absolute disaster. See, I'd argue that literally any other running mate besides Kyrie Irving, his team is likely in serious title contention the last two seasons. He was the MVP favorite last season before his injury. I don't think there's value on the heat, you know, difficulty in constructing a deal to Durant's liking. I don't think Utah is going to happen because convincing Durant to go to Utah would be kind of tough. Or going to the Lakers, which is abandoning a clutch client all the way to basketball Siberia. The Philadelphia 76ers have also been burbled about as a, a potential spot. I don't see Durant signing up for a James Harden reunion, so I'd kick that one out as well. So we're really running down to only a few options here. The Sixers owe their 2023, 2025, and 2027 picks as well. So I don't, I don't see that one being bettable, even with a never-say-never never, you know, idea in the NBA. So that gets us down to a couple of teams. The New Orleans Pelicans, they've got a really good offer that they can give up, but I just don't see it happening. I don't know. I think they're much happier with just having an incredibly young, exciting team with Zion around as the cornerstone. That leaves one team left that can put together a really good package. And you know what? It's not that bad of a team. I think there is a slight value on the Toronto Raptors at plus 5,500 right now to win the NBA championship because Misai Ujiri is absolutely the type of guy to try and make another run at a 2019 Kawhi plan. Why not? Plus 5,500? What are you doing with your life? Do it. Or don't. Bet against me. Yeah, that's probably for the best. But... That's what I'm going to be doing. Toronto at plus 5,500 to win the championship because Kevin Durant might go there. Speaking of the NBA, let's go to the rookie of the year. See, it all took of one, one NBA summer league game. And I'm like, oh, basketball. Hey, how about that? But it's also forced a shift in the 2022-2023 rookie of the year odds. Thanks to that weird seven-foot hunchback, Chet Holmgren. The number two overall pick by Oklahoma City Thunder stood out on Tuesday night. Scored 23 points, seven rebounds, six blocks, and four assists. And I loved his little answer too of like, you just set a record for the summer league with your blocks. And he went, what? And he looked up and he goes, six is the record? Like the most cocky motherfucker of all time. I loved it. I loved that. It was fantastic. He added four threes in the Oklahoma City's 98-77 win. Who the hell cares? Also, if you are betting these NBA summer leagues, holy smokes, good for you. Like not good for you. It's probably a bad thing, but good for you. That is unbelievable. 
you should just be betting on what color of the next car is going to come down the road because who the hell knows what's going to go on those. So that performance, that win was enough to make Holmgren the new betting favorite for rookie of the year at some sports books. He is the favorite at FanDuel right now where he moved from plus 500 to plus 360. And that puts him ahead of number one overall pick, Paulo Banchero, who is now plus 440. Holmgren is plus 400 at points bet, DraftKings, BetMGM. This is insane. The guy we're going to take a flyer on, like once again, just I'm naming you a bunch of favorites and I go, wow, they're really good. We're not going to take them at all. The guy we're going to take a flyer on is Keegan Murray at plus 900 because the Pacers are going to suck. That is the reason. They're going to be bad, like real bad. Everyone is going after this French kid, the next LeBron. So everyone is going to try and be very, very bad. Keegan Murray is a good player. He just scored 24 points in his first uh, summer league game. The thing is, what will really help rookies is if your team sucks, like sucks bad, you don't have to share the ball. They're going to want to make you look good. They're going to want to try everything to get you better. So you're going to get every opportunity to stuff every stat sheet. And even though you don't lose, who cares? Who cares if you win or lose? The rookie of the year is not a win or loss award. It's, it is just about putting up the most points as possible. And a plus 900, I think Keegan Murray can do that. So there we go. Keegan Murray plus 900, rookie of the year. Ah, how about that? So there are future bets. That's a lot of them. We're going to be making all those bets and losing money all months in advance. Isn't that so much fun? Not really. Okay, good. Let's go on to bet number two. Losing money on UFC Fight Night. Yes, there's a UFC card, so yes, we have to lose money. The whole theme of last week's episode was UFC 276, and we'll get to our records about that in a second. But I'll say that really the fight we're going to be taking here is Dos Anjos versus Fiziev. Um, You know, it's the main event. It is a very interesting fight, you know. With the top of the UFC lightweight division currently up for grabs, there will be lots on the line when these two fighters clash on Saturday. Despite entering the octagon as a lightweight just once since losing his title to Eddie Alvarez six years ago. God, remember that? Holy God, we're getting old here. That was six years ago? Rafael de Sanos at plus 175 remains perched at number 10 among the 155 pounders in the UFC rankings. Whereas Fiziev has fueled his rise in the rankings with impressive KO wins in two of his past three outings, cementing his reputation as totally a fearsome knockout specialist. Right now, Fiziev is the favorite at minus 220. Oh, Raphael versus Raphael. Oh, terrible when you see Raphael and Raphael crime. God, can't we just, can't we just come together and appreciate all the Raphaels of the world? Probably a Ninja Turtle in there somewhere as well. And these two fighters, all people famous for fighting. How about that? Tisanios has struggled since seeing his reign as the UFC lightweight champion come to an end. He's 37 years old. He's won six of his past 12 contests, and he's really struggled against top flight opponents while fighting as a welterweight, including unanimous decision losses to Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman, Leon Edwards, Michael Chisea. Okay, wait, all those fighters are really good. Wait a second. The veteran Southpaw has proven ability to go the distance and getting the nod from the judges in 16 of his 31 career wins. Wow, that's a lot. And the former champ has plenty of experience in championship rounds, with six of his past eight fights going the full five rounds. With 11 total takedowns in his past two fights, Dos Anjos now ranks fourth among UFC lightweights with 45 career takedowns. Chris Fiziev suffered a stunning first-round TKO loss to Mustafev in the promotional debut of UFC Fight Night 149, but has followed up with five straight victories. He has taken home performance bonuses in each of his past four outings, including performance of the night, accolades for his KO win over Brad Riddell, and Mochano. He's established himself as a knockout specialist with five first-round knockouts to kick off his pro MMA career, and he's seen three of his past five contests go the distance but enjoys no experience in championship round action. Very interesting. He's 29 years old, and he gets hit as often as he doles out punishment. So with all those knockouts, he's getting pretty close to getting knocked out himself, absorbing 5.57 significant strikes per minute, but it sports an impressive 95% takedown defense. It's really tough because they are a really good puzzle piece battle, right? 
There are things that Dos Anjos does really well. He goes to decision a lot. He, he's really good at takedowns. And you know what? He's got a ton of experience that will help in the long run. Zayev, the other one, loves throwing punches, but also good, likes eating punches. But his takedown defense is really good. It really depends on where you're going to go here. And since I think they're very even, I'm going to be taking the plus 175 with Rafael Dos Anjos. And I'm also, if I believe that Dos Anjos is going to win, I believe it's going to go to decision because I don't think Fiziev will be able to knock him down. So I'm going to take the over four and a half rounds as well at minus 150. There are way more bets for this fight, for this fight night. Like we're going to be betting a lot on it. And so let's be real, with, as we do with almost every card. So go over to at Losing Money WIB for those picks on Saturday and we'll show you the rest of the ways we're going to lose money on this card because it will be plentiful. But let's go to bet number three. Losing money at the movies. Yes, we did this with Elvis. We lost by 500000 I can't believe it. This one's going to be a little different because we were talking about $32 million for Elvis's opening. And this week, we're going to be talking about a Marvel movie. The MCU, we're going to be talking about Thor, Love and Thunder, and the over-under is $150 million. Now, once again, this is domestic box office, not international box office, because some places like the Philippines and Venezuela have opened earlier, like a couple days earlier, so you're seeing spoilers out there. Yeah, avoid spoilers. You want to go in there fresh and enjoy it. But $150 million, oh boy, what are we going to do? Now, Doctor Strange, it, came, it opened very strong at $183 million. People were very shocked about that, but people also like Spider-Man, it turns out. Because Spider-Man being in Doctor Strange really helps. Do people like the Guardians of the Galaxy enough now that they're in the Thor movie? Here's the thing. The Thor movies have actually never opened that well. This is the fourth Thor movie. The first two opened very poorly. And so did the Taika Waititi third one, uh, Thor Ragnarok. It was only in the reviewings and people telling about other people and word of mouth that people saw Taika Waititi's new movie and went, oh my God, this is a lot. This is really good. But it actually didn't open that strong. Now, the only fear that I have for that one is that the reviews for this one are kind of soft. Not everyone's in love with it. And maybe they're, you know, tiring of Taika Waititi's uh, farciful adventures of Thor, you know, and, and I especially think it's more of a tonal thing because there are very sad moments in this movie and very funny moments in this movie. And if you don't really nail that balance, it can be a little awkward at times. Do people like Thor? You know what I mean? Other than Taika Waititi's version, do people like him as a character? I'm not sure. Does he have the same resonance as someone that, even though people, I, I would say the same thing about Doctor Strange, but People like Benedict Cumberbatch. He opens movies all the time. People like, he's a pretty recognizable character. And outside of Thor, is Chris Hemsworth that famous? I'm not sure. Also, on, in addition to this, you cannot, you cannot take away the idea that there is a minion hangover right now. The Minions. Rise of Gru opens so strong. It is going to so quickly become a billion-dollar movie. People have loved that movie. And this is only the second weekend of Minions. So is there a little bit of Minions hangover? Are we going to still see lots of people going to the Minions? I can't believe I'm saying this. I have to, this is my job. I have to break this down. I have to analyze how many little kids in suits are going to go see the Minions. I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I actually think I'm going to take the under 150 million for Thor, God of Thunder, because I think people have a little bit of fatigue between all the TV shows for uh, the MCU, between all the movies that have been released recently and more that are coming. I think people are going to be like, eh, I don't have to see in week one, do I? I'm going to take under 150 million dollars. And I probably will lose again. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> what do you think is going to get over $150 million? Let me know. At Losing Money WAB. So that's all I'm going to do. Losing money at the movies. That was a lot of picks that we just made over three bets. I think it's time to recap them. Recap. Okay. We threw a bunch of future bets out. Here's where we're going. AL Central. The winners are going to be Chicago White Sox at plus 150. We have a bet at Jose Ramirez at plus 2,500 for AL MVP. The NBA Rookie of the Year, we're going to be taking Keegan Murray at plus 900. Oh, my God. And for an NBA championship, we're going to do a little sprinkle. The Toronto Raptors at plus 5,500 because 
of Kevin Durant. Then at the UFC fight night, we're going to be taking Dos Anjos at plus 175 and the over four and a half rounds at minus 150. Then we're going to be taking Thor under $150 million. Sorry, God of Thunder. Record check. Okay, like I said, we had the gambler on last week uh, for UFC 276, and it was an interesting card. You know, I, most of the fights were okay, but I think the bad taste in the mouth from the main event with Israel Adesanya, if your most memorable thing that you did in the fight was your entrance, that is not a good sign for your fight. So we took him via submission. That didn't happen. He, he won by decision. And Jared Cannonier as a small bet, we lost on both of those. We had the fight going the distance, though. Hey, that's a winner. We had Holloway via decision. No, he got absolutely dismantled by Volkanovsky. We had O'Malley via decision. And that, no, that was a no contest because of an accidental eye poke. Now, I will say two things. I hate that. Yeah, that sucks. It sucks when these kind of things happen. Um, but I hate the thing about MMA fans where they go like, the guy was faking it. Yeah, I was faking it. It was so faking it. And then it forces the other fighter who just got poked in the eye. He didn't ask to get poked in the eye. Having to show like x-rays about like, yeah, no, he's like really hurt his eyes. He can't see anything. And a doctor's like, yeah, I don't know if he'll ever see again. And you're like, oh, okay. I hate that we force them to have to do that. Like, I would just rather go like, yeah, that looks pretty bad. That's just the way it is. But we love bullying people online. That's just the way it is. So uh, everything with the O'Malley fights was a push. So we didn't actually lose money. All the money was returned. We had Barber via decision at minus 125. We won that one. And we had Munez via submission. Ah, I just knocked him out. So too bad. We lost on this one. But we won on our parlay. We won on the Munez, Barber, O'Malley, because that was a push. And the Alex and Max to go to the distance at plus 225. That overall is a 3-3-1 for a positive 0.5 units. Ooh, don't spend it all in one place. So not great, but you know, better than losing. Let's go over to at losing money WIB now. That's our free daily picks on Twitter, on Instagram, where we went eight and seven, which is a minus 0.2 units. Oh, okay. So we bet too many favorites. So damn, that's just what's going to happen. You need a better record if you're going to be betting favorites, but still a plus 0.2 units for the week between the two things. So not one for the record book, but here we are holding a couple dollars in my pocket. That being said, I can't wait to lose money on all of these futures. Another UFC fight night and Thor, the God of Thunder. Subscribe to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom wherever you enjoy podcasts. And please give a subscription and a like to at Losing Money WAB on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you decide to waste your time. We will be back on Wednesday next week to lose money on the British Open. Have fun losing money. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!